You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. So uh, I'm going to just kind of have my our audience humor us for a second because I owe you an apology, Shannon, that uh, on today's uh, recording time we were, you know, I was late in our, our scheduled recording time for this episode. and Which I will have to say is rare. It is, but the reason I am late is because there is now water going into my pool. See, I knew that this was going to be about the pool <laughs> thing. I saw it coming. I could smell it. Even two hours away from you, I could smell yeah, that there was a pool so jab coming. They showed up first thing this morning to finish the you know plaster and all that mess, so... It's been an ordeal, but hey, there's water going in now, so swimming is coming quick. So the 4th of July pool party is at Corey's house. Yeah, come on. This is Sexy Marriage Radio, and uh, come on, we'll have a, uh, the Sexy Marriage Radio pool party. Why not? But So uh, I'm glad you joined us, though. Just I'm glad that everybody's here, because every time we get invited into people's homes and into their bedrooms and into their minds and their cars and however else you choose to listen to us, it's an honor that you invite us in. And so one of the things we love is hearing from you. And we, you can let us know what you think, what your questions are, what your comments are. Feedback at SexyMarriageRadio.com. You can also jump on iTunes, and that's one of the things I love is when people jump on and give us reviews and, and five-star if you like it, because that helps us climb the charts. Because what we want to do is swim against the stream and really be advocates for married sex is the best place for the hottest sex on the yeah. planet. Yeah, and I love how many uh, listeners have been sending us emails lately saying that they were raised in really conservative Christian homes, they were not given a vocabulary to talk about this, and that they're really just now able to open lines of communication in their marriage as a result of listening to this show. Yep. I love hearing that. Yeah, that's a great, That's that's a honoring response. I love that as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so I have to give a big shout out to Ryan, one of our listeners who emailed us in response to the staycation uh, episode. Mm-hmm. From two weeks ago. Yeah. He shared some fantastic <laughs> ideas that he has actually done. Yep. Okay. This is not just dreaming. This is, uh, this is, these are tested, tried and true. So I'm going to toss out three of them. Uh, I, we don't have time for all of them, but these three just intrigue me. First, he suggests off-road sex. Uh, oh, no, wait a minute. I'll come back to that one. First, we're going to do bucket list sex. Okay. He says, last summer we decided we really wanted to cross the sex in a vehicle off of our bucket list. After 15 years of marriage, it was time. Mm-hmm. So he created a Spotify playlist of songs about pickups and rented a Dodge Ram double cab. And drove to a two county, drove around a two county area for about an hour, and then ended up at an abandoned house behind their airport. And he says, hashtag mission accomplished. Yes. <laughs> I love that. And then number two is off road sex. Yep. He says, one night he bought some picnic food. He rented a suburban. He's really into cars. I think he has a car fetish. I think he would admit to that. Hey, whatever enhances it, go for it. Exactly. Uh, and then he drove to a little known rock overlook next to this big lake and he, they watched the sunset together and enjoyed outdoor sex. And he says for outdoor sex situations, I carry a one quart Ziploc bag with condoms, paper towels, and hand sanitizer because there's no bathroom around. Absolutely. Good <laughs> like planning. planning. Love it. And then 
And then finally, um, pillow pit sex. He borrowed a, a buddy's Ford F-150 long bed and bought a bunch of pillows and a cargo net and filled the bed with the pillows. Now, this is kind of hysterical. He says, there was no sex because of my wife's headache because she had been at a sex trafficking seminar all day. Yeah, talk about a, a boner killer yeah, there. that's a rough but, one. But he says it was very romantic. So I love that his, he didn't feel as if his goal was thwarted. He still accomplished the goal of connecting. It's with a great experience, wife. absolutely. It's a great experience because that's it, don't we don't we talk about that sometime on the show too? That it's not always about reaching climax. Sometimes right. you got to look at it as a language and the whole experience that that changes the whole game. Yeah, it's about building a bond and making memories. Yep, all about making memories. So if we're talking about making memories, sometimes I'm thinking when you when you're talking about this whole issue of sex and marriage. If you've been married any length of time, sometimes the memories aren't the best just yeah. because it's a struggle to get into it. It's a struggle to get it on the radar. It's a struggle to make it happen. Or it's just a struggle to run a household together. <laughs> because Life is a struggle. Welcome to life. <laughs> yes, it is. So but I think, it beats the alternative of resting in peace. Fair, fair enough. Uh, yeah. So I, I think, though, it, it leads into this episode's topic of... What's the best way to phrase it? Because it's you're talking about the mood, you know, or you're not in the mood, or I'm not in the mood, or you know, or my spouse isn't in the mood. Right. So my spouse rarely ever seems to be in the mood. So whose job is it? That's the question. It seems as if so many of the emails that we've gotten, not just with sexymarriageradio.com, but also a lot of my coaching clients these days, there seems to be this this notion that it's my job to get my spouse in the mood. Therefore, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. But they just keep hitting a wall and they feel like failures and they feel incredibly frustrated and angry mm -hmm. even. And some have even been talking about divorce because right. they just can't seem to get their spouse in the mood. Right. Yeah. What I want to know is who told you that it's your job to get your spouse in the mood. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that we can only have control over ourselves. Yep. And, and that whether it's the husband or the wife struggling with not being in the mood, that's their job. Right. Well, there's there's one phrase I've got the most emails about, Shannon, that when it comes to me talking and working with the nice guys and the husband mastermind group and the different things that I do in that arena. And it's because the phrase is written in some of the stuff I send out to them. Never try to get an unaroused woman aroused. That is so true. <laughs> and they're like, I don't, doesn't compute. What are you talking about? I don't you're, get it. You're only going to tick her off. You're only going to think that you think, or you're only going to make her think that you think it's all about you. Right. Because I want this. You have to want it too. So right. you catch up with me. Well, I'm, I'm coming at it from a different perspective than that. I, okay. get, I, I, I hear completely what you're saying and agree. Mine is you set up the dynamic then. That it's your job to always get her turned on. It's your job to always help get her in the mood. It's your job that without you, she cannot have arousal. She cannot be sexually responsive. She cannot be engaged. And okay, so is it's that great. enabling? Is it, that well, enabling her good, to be passive? That's a good way to think of it. It's it's an it's setting up the scenario of you'll do all the work, and so what's uh, eventually that's going to wane eventually that becomes frustrating and if you've lived with anybody that constantly does not carry their weight in the household 
you know, the kids come to mind. <laughs> that for <laughs> at, at times it's it's okay. I, I get it. You've had a rough day. I'll I'll take care of this. You know, uh, in my framework, I think of it as during busy season. Pam's not going to be doing much around the house. I got this. It's okay. It's three months. I can do it. But if it continues and it's three years. That's right. a problem. We're gonna have it. We're gonna have some serious conversations. Now, see, you're you're a lot more patient and long suffering than I am. I'm thinking, okay, I can do this for three days, but when it goes into three weeks, we've got a problem. Well, but <laughs> you also look. At, but look at the dynamic, though. I know full well what busy season is, and it's not like she just comes home and doesn't do anything during that time. But it, it's right. still, it's it's still just the mindset of. I mean, the way I frame this is, you think of it as over functioner, under functioner. Okay, explain that. Okay, this is this is a, the same kind of dialogue that we have when you're talking about high desire, low desire. That there, okay. in every issue, there's somebody that likely functions higher in that arena or with that topic or with that deal than you do because it's more important to them. There's different meaning to it. The, the one that comes to my mind right off the bat, obviously, is sex is one of them, but the other one is cleanliness. One person will have a, be an over-functioner when it comes to cleaning the house compared to their partner because it, they get more out of a clean house or order or structure than their partner does. There's more payoff for them. Yeah, they, just, they want a cleaner environment. Right. And most likely that person who's higher functioning in that regard will assume that their slightly under-functioning spouse in that regard is a slob. Yeah. It's interesting how we, we create these... Um, these paradigms of polarization yep. of uh, because I am so this, it means you're so the opposite. Right. And it's just not true. I, I, I've heard this analogy of if you throw a wrench in the air, a man would eventually grab it, but the woman sees it coming down and grabs it faster and then looks at him and says, why didn't you grab it? And he's just kind of like, well, I was going to, but you beat me to it. Right. Let's be real. Women are multitaskers and women are usually jumping on things a little bit faster but I do think that when it comes to sex, it may be a little bit opposite in that stereotypically men are the higher functionings in sex and okay. they want, they, they grab that wrench faster okay. and then they look at their wives and go, why are you pursuing me? Okay. And the reality is, is the wife could easily be like, well, I was going to get around to it, but you kind of don't give me that opportunity because you're just so fast at, at jumping on, you know, always wanting to do it. Okay. I, I, I think that's letting them off easy though. Okay, be hard on them. Go ahead. Lower the boom, Corey. No, I just, because, and again, this isn't a gender thing to me because the high desire partner is going to overfunction when it comes to sex because they want it more. That's just going to be part of the playing field. There's no way around that. Okay, but what do you do with a spouse who feels as if it's your job to get them in the mood? Well, I, I just mean... It's, it's letting them off too easy in the sense that, oh, well, I was going to get around to it. I was going to take care of that. It, no, I, don't, I think there's times when, no, I wasn't because it's not, a de- it's not an issue to me. When you think that they're just um, making that up to defend and deflect? Yeah. I, we, we play at a much more sophisticated level as humans okay. than that. It's, it's, we're, not, <laughs> we're not animalistic, lizard brain only functioning, no prefrontal cortex beings. We, <laughs> we play at a level of sophistication that, I mean, I, I have had client after client that comes in and they'll tell me, yeah, we were going to come see you. Or we were going to do this intensive. And my wife or my husband they immediately, as soon as I brought it up, were, oh, I think that's going to ruin things. And that, that's all setting up the playing field of 
I'm just hedging my bet. I'm protecting myself. I'm just addressing this ahead of time, trying to get out of it. Don't, I mean, think of how sophisticated we are as even as children. Look at your kids. When they've got something going on that they don't want to be doing, how do they get out of it? How do they right. avoid it? We came home from a trip yesterday well, on the day we're recording this, and immediately both kids conveniently had to go to the bathroom while stuff has to be unloaded. <laughs> Brilliant. And, and I'm, I'm like, I know the game. Mm-hmm. Be done quickly and get out here. And as soon as they're done with that, I'm hungry. I need a snack. No, 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 no. You know, and it's just this because that's human nature of who we are uh, to right. a degree. But that's also the level we're playing at. And when you're talking about marriage, you're talking about one of the most elegant, sophisticated relationships there is. And especially when you're talking about sex in a committed relationship. Right. That somebody's always trying to make it happen and somebody's always trying to avoid it. That's just reality. That's true. That's true. (laughs) So so that's what we're talking about on whose job is it to get somebody in the mood. That's at least that's where I'm going to go with it because it's on each person's job to get themselves involved in what do they want to be a part of? What do they want to do? Right. I I still go back to Kevin and Lael, the couple that run Covenant Spice and their game of of tennis basically they just they go back and forth it's a different person to serve every single time that it's her job to initiate and once it happens within 72 hours it's his job to initiate and they literally share the responsibility yeah it it literally is up to themselves to get themselves in the mood first and then bring something to their spouse that's worth wanting yeah because i know that you use that expression a lot like if you don't give your spouse something that's worth wanting how can you expect them to just give in and play along? Yeah. Yeah. Why would they want that to be right. with that person? Why would they want to engage with that? And, and why would you want your spouse just to be a doormat that you can walk over yeah. whenever you want something from them, yeah. even if they don't want it? Every spouse wants to be desired yep. and to have their spouse bring them something worth desiring and to feel as if that person really wants to be with me. Mm-hmm. I think that that is like the greatest compliment in the world when we feel as if our spouse really wants to be with us and that it's not just about them getting rocks off or about them crossing something off of a to-do list or whatever. It's about connection. Right. right. It's about the deepest part of me wants to commune yeah. and connect with yeah. the deepest part of you. Yeah. And, and it's also about that I've, the, I've noticed you. I see you. I I, I want you. I desire you. I've been thinking of you. I want to give this to you. I like you. I yeah. respect you. I appreciate you. And I love the feedback that we got from somebody saying, thanks for the reminder about the thank you sex, that yeah. her husband deserves some of that. Yeah, it's it's recognizing that the essence of that person is worth honoring. And that person is a sexual being. Yeah. So I need to tap into my sexual being and and, and bring my essence in connection with their essence. And that that person is unique. And so just because it's something we've talked about on the show that, hey, maybe, you know what, you should you should go down on your partner tonight. You know, you should you should go down on your wife that. okay, what if what if that doesn't do it for her? What does it for her is a position where you're actually looking in each other's eye and you're having intercourse that way. You know, it's, it's just, those are the unique things that just set us apart. And that, that's what I think at the core, that's what we want. Because think about the struggle we have as, as humans all through our life anyway. Of I want to fit in, but I want to be unique. 
Yeah, yeah. I also think that it's important for you to, yes, be sensitive that that may not be your spouse's thing. So to force that on them Mm -hmm. is probably going to take major steps backwards. But I also think that it's each individual's responsibility to look at the things that they don't feel comfortable with and ask the question, why? For example, we got an email from a guy who said that he goes down on his wife and she seems to enjoy it, but she doesn't want to go down on him. And when he asked the reason, uh, she's in the medical field and quoted that it's just not sanitary in her mind. So she didn't mind in her, in her mind, in her mind. (laughs) Right. So she didn't mind being on the receiving end, but she didn't want to be on the giving end. But I think there's far more to it than hygiene, because I'm sorry, I have never, I've never heard of sex and marriage making people sick, you know, and and I've never heard of oral sex making people sick in a monogamous, committed, healthy, vibrant relationship. And so I think that there's definitely something mental to that, that she needs to unpack. Yeah. And so that's one of the reasons why I love doing women at the well workshops, because it gives them four days to really look at what are the roadblocks that I'm coming up against in the bedroom? Mm -hmm. What are the hurdles that are holding me back? And are they really serving me well? Are they serving my spouse well? Are they serving my marriage bed well? And if not, how can I recognize the root and heal that so that I can get over this hurdle and enjoy the euphoria that's on the other side of this? Yeah. Because there is so much to be enjoyed on the other side of sex, especially when you get rid of your inhibitions and hangups. Yep. Sex should not be fraught with guilt and shame and and hangups. And just that is not fun. That's not fun for either partner. All right. So we've got to we've got to give some ideas on how to deal with this because Mm -hmm. if we're if we're advocates of, it's not your responsibility to help get to make sure your partner gets in the mood. What do we do with that then? Because it's easy to sit here and talk about it in theory and have people going, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I agree. Now, what am I supposed to do, Shannon? You know, how am I supposed to do what? What do I do with this? Right. Okay. So if you've repeatedly approached your spouse and you realize, okay, I can't change a person unless they're in diapers. I'm not going to change their mood or their libido. It's up to them to change themselves. What if we're just very direct and saying, I would like to have sex sometime within the next 24 hours. You let me know when you're ready and I'll be ready. Okay. And you put the ball in their court. Okay. I, I like that, except for the fact that it's almost. No, that's good. Never mind. I just had to replay it in my head again for a second. <laughs> and I was like, I just, I don't like anytime you, the high desire has to phrase it in the form of a question. You just don't. You don't give it's the low, right. It's you don't give the low it. desire per, person a chance to say no. You announce an intention. That's the difference. Right, right. It, it's kind of like you've said before that um, you just let your intentions be known. I'm going to go to the bedroom, and my intention is that there's going to be sex happening. If you'd like to join yeah. me, <laughs> join me. But even if you don't, I'll, there's still going to be sex. With I'll start myself. with. I'll start without you. you exactly. <laughs> So I think that just to take ownership of your own sexual Mm -hmm. desires and your expectations and putting it on the table as a statement, not a question, but it's also a statement, not a demand. Exactly. It's not a command. It's just strictly an invitation. Exactly. And then you're making that spouse face that if I don't work myself up into some sort of lather in 24 hours, if I'm not coming to my spouse ready to come in 24 hours, and, and another 24 hours goes by. Like, I think that you're just holding a mirror up for your spouse that they have to look at themselves and answer the question, what's holding me back? Right. Right. Because that's a dynamic that, that's a part of the relationship. Because 
if, if you phrase all of this in the sense of it's an intention, it's a, because this is a phrase I've, I, I've an advocate of, especially when I'm talking to husbands, is the whole idea, because I've said this to, to Pam even, of I would like for you to make yourself more available to me for sex. I would like for you to be more responsive, receptive to sex, because there is the dynamic, I think a lot of times, especially just because of the differences between men and women, men want women to initiate sex the way they do it. And it just doesn't happen typically. Women are not as sexually aggressive as men, just because the testosterone levels are different. The visual nature is different. The makeup and the wiring is different. It just means different things. So it's, it's learning, you know what, when my wife responds to something this way, that's her initiating sex. That's her being receptive to it. That's her being into it. And so it's almost a rewiring of my own brain because we've got a generation, myself included, that got a lot of sex education from pornography. So that changes the whole, excuse the whole dynamic right. of what a woman really is. Right. And really wants and needs. Right. And so it's, it's figuring out that the, if I would just address the playing field better, now, all of a sudden, I'm at least using the pressure of the system to have my spouse have to look at themselves as well and decide, okay, is this important to me? Even if it's not, if, if my wife or husband is important to me, how do I overcome this? How do I address this? Right. Because sometimes you have to make big moves. You have to be willing to make big moves if it's that big of a deal. Totally. Totally. So coming back to that comment about, you know, understanding, especially what women want, I want to just let guys in on a secret and I hope that they will like jot this down somewhere in their daytimer or on their iPhone or whatever. When you reach out to a woman physically before you've reached out to her verbally, you can pretty much bet that if you've been married any length of time, she is going to pull away from you as if to say, how dare you expect sex from me? first pop out of the box Okay, that she, she wants to be connected with first. She wants to be talked to first. So before you touch her, I would recommend talking to her. Okay. And even if it's maybe you just simply ask the question, can I hold you tonight? You're, you're, you're engaging with her. Is this something I can offer you? And you're offering to hold her versus may I have sex with you tonight? Right. The, the reaching out and touching without talking and the asking for sex without asking for connection, it, it sounds so selfish and women know it. They're not stupid. They know that this is about you. This is not about me. But for a husband to say, you know, how was your day? How are you feeling? Is there anything you want to talk about? Can I hold you? That shows his desire to make love to her heart before he makes love to her vagina. Mm -hmm. A woman wants her heart touched before she has her body touched. Okay. And it is, it is vital for men to understand that. Okay. That's good. Fair enough? No, I, that, no, that's good. It's, it's just the inescapable thing with this whole dilemma of sex in marriage. And we've talked about this from a prior show just recently of, is there anything as anything, any such thing as non-sexual touch? in marriage <laughs> you know and yes there is obviously but right. you know there's that whole if you've if you've seen the flight of the concords with the business time you know just <laughs> i love that video i do too but it's just so great we're in it next thing you know we're in the bathroom brushing our teeth that's foreplay baby that's all part of it you know and it's like okay it it is still isn't it but it's but it's just that whole 
it's it's inescapable, and that's what I want people to recognize: is this whole dilemma of sex happening is inescapable in marriage. If if you're in a marriage right. or a relationship where one or both of you at some point have said, "I want to be monogamous and I want to be sexual," then now all of a sudden everything could be pointing to it, and also not to it. That's just the way it is. So I think, and I think that that brings up a good point of you need to ask yourself, why did I get married? If you don't want to be sexual, if, if your idea of monogamy is sex once a year or once a month, you you might just really want to ask yourself, what was my goal? And did I do a bait and switch? Because I think there's a lot of women and men who come on really strong, either sexually or emotionally, as if they're going to be a great partner to connect with, but then they get married and life sets in and quite frankly, they don't want to connect. I think that you have to admit that to yourself and then verbalize that to your partner and then be willing to look at it and try to get to the root of it. Or else if you just let this fester, it, it's going to fester. Yeah. You know, I, I give relationships, you know, five to 10 years tops. If one of them decides that they just don't want to connect sexually or emotionally. Okay. And it could go either way. It could be that he's willing to connect sexually, but not emotionally. And it could be that she's willing to connect emotionally, but not sexually. Well, now you've got a great big fat recipe for disaster when they're only willing to connect in the ways that come natural to them, but they're not willing to step outside of their comfort zone and learn how to connect in the way that their Mm -hmm. spouse wants to connect. Yep. And that's, hello, welcome to married life. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. That's the whole crucible, as Sharsh puts it, is that's what it is. Is that's right. the design of it? It's helping us grow up. It it helps us. If you want a relationship where there's a, you almost have an impossibility of escaping yourself, get married. <laughs> I saw recently a picture of two wedding bands, and it said, "These are the smallest handcuffs known to man. Be careful who you cuff yourself yeah. next to for life." Yeah, because it's <laughs> because it is a dilemma. Of there's some things you know we all come in idealistically distorted to this relationship uh-huh. because it's that whole euphoria and the longing and the lust and all of that kind of stuff. The and butterflies. You just, and yeah. And it's just, Oh, you, you produce such great things in me. This will never, this will never fade. Our love will see us through everything. And then, you know, you get, you start fighting over socks and toothpaste and Cabinet the electric bill open. and yeah. And, <laughs> and, and everything we do teaches us stuff. I mean, I don't know if I've said this on the air. This is some of the stuff I've, I've said in other areas. But the first year of my marriage, Pam and I got in a fight that was really one of my, I, we don't usually fight. And this was a bigger one. And whatever reason, you know, she was really, really mad. And so she left and went into the kitchen to get something to drink. And she was, as she opened the cabinet door, she broke it because she was so mad. And she was Ooh. just going to get a glass and she just flung it open too fast well and she's a tiny person that must have been quite some torque and so for me oh she's she's scrappy um so for me i got loud and clear the message don't piss off my wife Uh. right and so i carry that then hook line and sinker for years and years and years which helps just exacerbate the nice guy in me and Uh. the whole don't stand up don't say the what I think. Don't you know? And it's I'm tiptoeing around everything. And I finally, within the last year, this whole realization comes to me of I've been living a large part of my life afraid of my wife. Mm. And now, and I even did this not too long ago. I looked her square in the eye and said, "Baby, I'm not afraid of you anymore." 
Ooh. Uh, if what did I, that do to the if, dynamic? If I, it changed it because she's like, good. I don't want you to be afraid of me. Exactly. I want you to be able to handle me. And I'm like, I can. And if I piss you off, you, you need to deal with that. Yeah. That's not my job. You know, and it just, it kind of just changes the whole dynamic of, I will take care of my side of this equation. Mm-hmm. You take care of yours. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, or if there's something you need from me and you don't say something about it, that's on you. Right. That's not and, me. And, and let's bring that back around to sex. Yep. What you just said totally holds true within the sexual relationship. Yes. I'm responsible for me. I'm an interested and motivated sex partner. And I'm saying within the next 24 hours, I want to see something happening or I want to offer something right. to happen. Right. And it's up to your spouse to get themselves yep. worked into that place yep. because for you to, 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 to arm twist or pout or pressure. Right. So just, I, you're I wanna, making it okay. worse. Here, here's the one thing. Okay. This is, this is finally came clean to me of, of the whole in 24 hours. I want you to, I'm, I want some sex to be happening. The, the struggle I've got with that is, and it's probably because of my own recurring nice guy trait thing of if I say that, I have a greater likelihood now of hovering, watching for signs even more intently, hoping, wondering, and I'm micromanaging and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting into the microscope, which is not going to help make things happen. No, it doesn't. <laughs> so that's why I like the phrase more of, and this is for husbands largely, but I think wives could do it too. But for husbands, I like the phrase more of, uh, I'm going to be coming after you within the next 24 hours. Just letting you know. Hmm. Do what you need to do. <laughs> you know, if you need to, if you need to muster up to to be receptive, yep. If you need to muster up to be rebuffing of me, yep. But I'm coming after you, and it's just that whole dynamic of that's the that's the dynamic of it. That it's yes, it's it takes two to tango, but it takes one to get the whole thing started. So basically, instead of putting the ball in their court that you have to initiate with me, you're saying, I'm going to be initiating with you. I'm giving you fair warning. It's yes. coming at you. Yeah. Figure out what you're going to do with it. Yeah. I, I can, Yeah. And I could encourage women to do that, too. Yeah. If, if it's the husband that's the lower desire, I would say that it is totally fair for you to say, I want to be having sex yep. within the next 24 hours, and I prefer to have sex with you. But you're going to need to be on board for that idea. Yeah, absolutely. Because they play a part. Because typically we're not talking about I want to go off and do this by myself. And I'm just letting you know that within the next 24 hours I'm going to go do that. It's, no. Right. This is, this is the whole we want to do this together. I want to engage with you and connect, connect. with you. And so do what you need to do to be here. And I, wouldn't you say this whole thing also applies to during that what if all of a sudden you got sex happening and you lose it in your own mind? You're like, I'm not connected. I'm not engaged here. I got kids on the brain. I got work on the brain. It's your responsibility. Exactly. So rather than powering through it, because let's not kid ourselves, your spouse knows it and they're just either ignoring it or it's okay with them, which that's a whole different You know, Both of those are different paths to go down. But instead, it's, you know what? I'm not here. Give me a second. Can we do this? Look me in the eye. Talk to me. Kiss me. Something. Let's change this. Yep. Yep. Uh, It works all the way through to me. Good stuff. It is. Good stuff, Corey Allen. Another great show. (laughs) Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I hope it leads to some better connection with you and your spouse. Yep. We love you for listening.
If you've benefited from this podcast, consider becoming a member of the Bed Buddy Club. Your financial support will help take Sexy Marriage Radio to the next level and enable Corey and Shannon to strengthen many other couples. Learn more at SexyMarriageRadio.com by clicking on the purple button.